Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Social Security Talk, our podcast that we focus on all items relating to Social Security. I'm your co-host, Mark Kiner, in my blue shirt located in a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio, called Blue Ash, joined by my partner, Jim Blair, in his green shirt located in his suburb of Cincinnati called White Oak. Everything okay with you in White Oak today, Jim? Yeah, right now everything's looking good, so can't complain. In the high 90s, maybe, or the mid-90s? Uh, it's a little warm. I don't know if it's a high, but at least the mid-90s. Yeah, it sure is. So Jim and I own a company called Premier Social Security Consulting. And we basically do two things. Number one, we provide social security consultations to folks across the country uh, that are looking to, for looking to collect their social security benefits and don't know what their options are. So we do consultations there. But mostly what we do is education. We educate advisors across the country, increasing their value to clients. And Jim and I created the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program back in January 2013. We've educated over 5,000 advisors so far, and over 2,700 have earned our certificate. We created the Social Security Advisor Certificate Program industry. We were the first ones out of the gate back in 2013. We're really excited about it. Our classes are taught by three, three, three uh, individuals: myself, Jim Blair, and a guy named Harold. Well, and Harold's th- there. I'm not sure how much teaching he does, but uh, but he, I, he's, I guess you can learn by his mistakes. That's right. He <laughs> is a teacher in that regard. I'm with you 1,000 percent. I'm a, C- I'm a former CPA, so I practiced in 2012, so I concentrated all my time in the Social Security space. Jim, talk about your time with the Social Security Administration, please. Yeah, I spent 35 years there, started off as a service representative. Uh, the folks you see when you walk in the front door, uh, they generally are helping people who've already applied for benefits. Maybe they're missing a check, they're overpaid, all sorts of things. I moved into the claims-taking part of it and took claims for retirement, survivors, disability, and health insurance for about 10 years, moved into the management end of it, did a number of jobs uh, in that respect, spent the last nine years as a district manager of the Piqua, Ohio office. Now, few people know where Piqua is, nice little rural community, about 30 miles north of Dayton, Ohio. But with that being said, just to let you know that wherever you are, there's a Social Security office fairly close. And there is. The one closest to me, Jim, is down at the corner of Pfeiffer and Reading. I think we send lots of our clients there because, as you can imagine, many of our clients are kind of from Cincinnati, Ohio. So, Jim, when we teach our class, we focus on two items. Number one is situational Social Security because we know there are 76 million baby boomers out there, and they all have questions relating to their Social Security benefits. But Jim, I don't, I don't want, uh, I don't want to tip you off on this one. But what is the second item we concentrate on? Well, we we want people to be proactive, and how can you be proactive if you don't ask probing questions? 
That's right. So we take we make sure that the attendees to our class they understand all the probing questions they should be able to ask their questions. Ask their clients so the clients get more money out of the social social security system. Jim, we're going to be in Chicago in, in a few weeks. Uh, it should be exciting. We also have classes in uh, Louisville and Cincinnati in November, but we also have webinars all the time, and we also offer our, our on-demand videos. And tuition for our educational formats include the gold standard of support, so advisors can call us with questions, email us with questions. They could attend all of our monthly webinars and something I'm really proud of are social security open forums. I really yeah. do like those open forums, Jim, don't you? Yeah, they seem to be real popular. People seem to like them. Uh, they get to ask what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, the folks that, that even call in that don't have questions, like to listen, because uh, if somebody has a question, I'll bet somebody else has that same question. So uh, it seems to be very popular. Yeah, Jim, just make sure you continue to attend those because we get questions that I'm not able to answer. A lot of them just you know, relate to what's happening. I mean, uh, the interworkings of the Social Security Administration, definitely. So, Jim, I thought on today's Social Security Talk podcast, we would discuss married couples. Yeah, you meet with 10 married couples, Jim, and, and, and all of them will have different options available to them. Do you not agree? Right. They all have a different situation. And so we have to look at that situation and determine when they should file. Certainly everybody, if you're looking at retirement, is going to file between 62 and 70. But where in that eight-year period is it best for you to file? When is it best for your spouse to file? What does that mean for your benefits now, later? Or should one survive the other? What does it mean for them at that point? So there's all sorts of uh, little ins and outs that people need to think about. And a lot of times they don't. And before we talk about the married couples uh, and all the options they may have, Jim, let's talk about a strategy that seems to be going away. And it relates to married couples, but it's still available through the end of 2023. I assume you know what I'm talking about. You kind of shook your head. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's that good old restricted application. And what that allowed to happen was someone at their full retirement age could file for benefits, but not based on their own work record based on their spouse's work record. And they could draw as a spouse and let their own grow and earn those delayed retirement credits. That's that 8% a year increase you earn by waiting uh, past full retirement age to start your benefits. And for those folks, if they waited all the way to 70, they would receive a 32% increase in their own social security benefit. But in the meantime, they drew off of their spouse. Now it did require that their spouse have filed and be receiving their own benefit, whether it was retirement or a disability benefit. But still, for a lot of folks, that was a great strategy. Well, that's going away. And to be eligible for that, you had to be born by this special day, the magic day of January 1st of 1954. And that the reason it's going away is all those folks, they'll be uh, age 70 in December of 2023. Well, this is August of 2023, so we're getting pretty close. Yeah, you're right. Jim, when was the last time you met with a client that was able 
that was born by 1154 and was able to file that restricted application? It's been probably four or five months. It's been a long time. Do you think you, excuse me, hiccuping. <laughs> do you think you met with any this year? The only ones we might have met with this year would be somebody who was thinking about uh, they were approaching 870 and they were wanting to file their application at 870. And we were able to ask one of those probing questions, uh, which could be, is your spouse receiving retirement or disability benefits? And if the answer to that is yes, we could say, you know, instead of going ahead and filing at 70 now, you could file a restricted application. We can give you up to six months, well, not we, Social Security <laughs> can give you up to six months of retroactive benefits. And then as soon as that's processed, we'll do a new application at, to start on your own at age 70. Uh, there's no downside to that at all. And uh, if they're able to do it, they do. But it's still, it's even been a while since I've talked to someone about that. By the way, Jim, I need to wish somebody a happy, a very happy 88th birthday. The Social Security program uh, turned the age of 88 on August 14, 2023. So happy birthday to Social Security. So, so Jim, you know, one situation that maybe we can just talk about now is, you know, I get a phone call from, let's say, a husband, and I ask him how old he is, and let's just say he's turning 70. Let's just say that. Uh, and... Uh, I ask him, are you married? And, you know, the answer is yes. Is your wife collecting? No. Well, maybe an opportunity, and let's say she's 68 uh, or 69, opportunity is for her to, to file for her benefits eff effective six months ago. So she'll get a nice lump sum check. And then he files for the restricted application, also effective six months ago. He gets a nice lump sum check. And then when he turns 70, uh he'll file for his own benefits. So if he's 70 now, that's fine. He'll go ahead and get his lump sum check. And then maybe at the age of 70 in one month, he'll file for his own benefits. And that will be retroactive to, to, to the month he, he turned age 70. So wife goes back six months, husband goes back six months. They both get nice lump sum checks. So that's one way to utilize the restricted application, even uh, in today's environment. Uh, Jim, uh, we always would say about uh, for every month left between now and December, uh, that would equal 1% of folks that can still do the restricted app. So that'd be maybe four to 5% still, but Jim, I don't think that's accurate. I, you know, you haven't done one in months. Yeah, so, that was, that was just a, a guess. And yeah, uh, you know, I, there's just not that many out there, but if there is someone, and they can take advantage of it. It'd be <laughs> mm -hmm. nice if they did. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about married couples, Jim, whereby uh, husband and wife are both eligible for benefits. And one common strategy is for a wife to take her own benefit as early as she can. That could be as early as age 62. That might give the husband the opportunity to wait until age seven. No, to, to wait until full retirement or otherwise up to age 70, collect his. And Jim, if he was born by that magic birthday at a one one fifty four, he could also file that restricted application claim off her work record. So wife collects early as soon as she can, uh, and the husband waits all the way up to age seventy to to collect his benefit. Now, Jim, there w there might be a reason why that strategy will not work. 
it's their next test, right? Well, right. If the if the spouse who was going to file on their own is under full retirement age, then they are subject to the earnings test. And what the earnings test says is that if you're under your full retirement age receiving Social Security and you're still working, then depending on how much you earn, you may lose some or all of your benefits. If you earn over $21,240, Social Security is going to withhold $1 of your benefits for every $2 you go over. So that could be an issue uh, that that would play into it, and we would have to look at that as well. So the earnings test would apply in that case to the wife if she's going to begin her benefit prior to reaching full retirement age, the month of attaining her full retirement age. So, Jim, let's talk about a spousal benefit. Under what scenario or what are the requirements for a spousal benefit to be paid to the lower earning spouse? Well, to draw as a spouse, you have to be 62 or older. You have to be married to your spouse for 12 months or more. And your spouse has to be receiving either a retirement or a disability benefit. So technically, your spouse doesn't have to be 62. They could be 58 and on disability. If you're 62, you could draw as a spouse off of their work record. But the key is they have to file and be receiving the benefit. Um, It's going to be based on some other things as well. But those are the the first things we're going to look at. Um, How old are you? Are you 62? been married 12 months or more, and is your spouse receiving some type of benefit? So, uh, Jim, I almost forgot what, what we were just talking about. Oh, yeah, for a spouse to benefit to be paid. Yeah. Okay, so, Jim, let's say let's have a little fun. Let's say I'm married. Let's just, you know, just pretend, Jim. This is a pretend talk, social security talk podcast anyways, right? Yeah, anytime so, you use the term fun and marriage in the same sentence, <laughs> it, it's it's got to be a... Some some type of uh, fantasy thing. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's say uh, let's say I'm married, and let's assume I'm the high earner. My wife is low earner. For her to collect off my work record, Jim, uh, she must be at least age sixty two, correct? And but I must be receiving a benefit. So Jim, if I turn my benefits on at my full retirement age, then she collects off my work record at that point. Jim, what if I want to wait till age seventy? Then what? Then she waits till you're age 70 to draw the spousal benefit. Of course, they can always draw on their own work record and draw yep. that whenever they want. Mm-hmm. That's once they're 62. But to get the spousal benefit, if you were going to wait till age 70, she would have to wait until you were age 70 to get that spousal boost that she might be eligible for off of your work record. Let's talk about that boost. Jim, over the last 24 hours, I've had emails from a couple of the advisors that we've educated and the emails asked questions about how much will a wife receive if she took her benefit early and then down the road became eligible for the spousal boost. First of all, the advisors don't really know, understand the spousal boost and how to calculate it. And sometimes they even think that if a wife takes her benefits early that if uh, then when she becomes a full retirement age and begins to claim off husband, she'll get exactly 50% of the husband's full retirement age benefit. So first of all, Jim, how much is a spousal benefit? What percentage of what? A spouse will be eligible for 50% 
of their half of their spouse's full retirement age benefit. Now, Social Security calls your full retirement age benefit a PIA. So you may see that term out there. That stands for primary insurance amount. That's simply your benefit at your full retirement age. So a spouse is eligible for half of their husband or wife's PIA. Um, if they're eligible on their own, we have to then subtract their own PIA or full retirement age benefit from that. But it is based off of their spouse's full retirement age amount. So if my full retirement age benefit, Jim, is 2500 and that's also known as primary insurance amount or PIA. So if my PIA is 2500 my wife at her full retirement age gets half of that. That'd be 1250 If my full retirement age benefit is 2000 she can collect half of that at her full retirement age, which is $1,000. So uh, if she takes her benefit early because she's eligible for her own benefit, her benefit at age 62, her benefit will be reduced by, let's say, let's just say 25%. You know, it just depends on what their full retirement age is. And then when I turn my benefits on now, now my wife is eligible for what we call the spousal boost. And how do you calculate that boost? I think you just went over that, right, Jim? Right. And you calculate that by taking the higher earners PIA or full retirement age amount, dividing it in half, subtracting the lower earners PIA, and whatever's left is the spousal boost. And if they're at full retirement age, they'll get that full spousal boost added to their own Social Security benefit. If they're under full retirement age, it'd be reduced for age. Right. So so if a wife takes her benefits early and later collects that spousal boost, she will not receive half of the husband's PIA. And that's because she the uh the part of her benefit based on her work record will be reduced for age. So so if my if my PIA is two thousand, half of that is one thousand, my wife's PIA is seven fifty, that means she gets two fifty off of my work record. That's her spousal boost. And that's the amount that would be added to the, to her own reduced retirement retire, retirement benefit. Correct. That is correct. You know, I received an email just uh, about an hour ago from social from the Social Security Administration. You know, they, I'm on their email list, Jim. And basically, it, this is the title: Do you qualify for Social Security spouses benefits? So I haven't looked at it yet, but it it just came to me in email form. I'll look at that later. If anybody would like a copy of that email, just send me send me an email. I think it's a blog. If somebody wants a copy of that blog, send me an email and I'll send it to you. My email address is mkiner, K-I-N-E-R, at mypremierplan.com. So, Jim, if a wife is older than the husband, so let's say we've got a wife who's a year older. When, when the and she, let's say she's not eligible for any benefits off her work record, maybe she she doesn't have her forty credits in yet, or maybe she just never worked worked at worked, so so she's not eligible for benefits. But she's older, so when the husband files, that's when she'll collect a spousal benefit off his work record. If he waits age seventy, Jim, she'll be seventy one, right? That's right, and she can't draw off of his until he files, and while. His waiting till 70 will increase his benefit 8% a year. Mm-hmm. doesn't do anything to hers. Even at age 71, the most she's eligible for is 50% of his full retirement age benefit. Not his age 70 amount, 
but the full retirement age benefit. And that's because that PIA, and that's why mm-hmm. they use that term, even though it's your full retirement age benefit, that PIA doesn't increase for delayed retirement credits. Your monthly benefit amount does, but the PIA doesn't. So any benefit that's paid off of that, such as a spouse, uh, will not see an increase because you waited till 70. Got it. Okay. So I'm with you on that one. Jim, how important is it to factor in the amount of a surviving spouse benefit? Well, it depends on each couple. Uh, If they've done a real good job of saving and have other sources of income, that's going to cover the the surviving spouse when the one's gone. Uh, Then it's not as important as it is with couples that haven't done such a good job of saving. So um, you have to look at each individual couple and they have to make that determination themselves. But they do need to understand that if you take your benefit at age 62 and your spouse is going to step into your shoes if you pass away and receive what you were receiving, it's going to be reduced because you started and took a reduced benefit. If you wait until 70 and earn those delayed retirement credits, you not only increase your benefit, but you increase the survivor benefit. How important is that in your planning? Well, that's each individual couple is different, but they need to know that so that they can factor that into their planning. I agree. Sometimes factoring in the amount of a surviving spouse benefit, Jim, is really important. Uh, Jim, I was, I was, I was watching the. Te- I went to the uh, TQL Stadium last night. Watch at, at, at the uh, FC Cincinnati tennis uh, uh, soccer team play. And lo and behold, sitting next to me is is Harold, <laughs> and our guest instructor. And I was taught we were talking about Social Security, and I asked Harold what percentage of folks actually wait to eight seventy. He told me about ninety five percent, and I said I thought that might be a little low. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jim? Yeah, Harold's a little off. Plus, he wasn't right. No, uh, he's a little off on his guess. Uh, it's more like somewhere between five to 7% of people wait till 70. And based on the people I talk to, I would say it's more around the 5% range. Yeah, you're probably right. I didn't wait till 70, Jim. Of course, I'm single. Nobody's going to clock off me when I'm gone. So I began my my benefits at my full retirement age, which is 66 and four months, June of last year. So the third Wednesday of every month, I wake up, Jim, with a little additional hop and skip in my step because those benefits are already in my bank account. That's the nice thing about direct deposit. It is. Unfortunately, I've got to wait now until the third Wednesday in September to get another benefit paid to me. August is a long month. I like February a lot better. Yeah, that is true. Okay, Jim, let's talk about the earnings test. How does that impact uh, uh, benefits to a married couple? Well, it, it can affect both or whoever's drawing off the individual's work record. So the person on whose record everybody's filing for benefits, we call that the number holder. Mm-hmm. That's the person who worked, paid into Social Security, and whose record benefits are being paid from. If mm-hmm. the number holder is under full retirement age, drawing Social Security, and continues to work, and earns over the $21,240. Social Security is not only going to withhold that person's benefit amount, but they're going to withhold 
the spouses and any children that are receiving off of his work record. So uh, the number holder affects everybody. Now, if a number holder is receiving benefits and this, their spouse is filed for benefits and the spouse is working, the spouse only affects themselves. Uh, if it's a, a child, if you can get your 17-year-old to earn over 21000 first of all, congratulations. And second of all, they're going to be affected by the earnings test. So the number holder affects everybody on his earnings record, but everybody else just affects themselves. Jim, there's so much to talk about when it comes to married couples, and I can see that we're already at the 25-minute mark. We just can't talk about any more. So, Jim, I'm going to call this part one of married couples. Uh, next month will be part two. Where we'll talk about public employee issues. And we'll talk about children and whatever else is out there relating to married couples. Uh, this is has been our edition on the Social Security Talk podcast. I'm Mark Kiner, joined by my, by my partner, Jim Blair. We provide a couple of really good services, consulting. So if you're looking uh, for your to collect your benefits, you don't know what your options are, we can do a consultation. Jim, I received a phone call today from somebody who listened to one of our podcasts, and we and uh, he is going to be sending us his Social Security benefit statement fairly soon. And we also offer Social Security education through the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program. We educate advisors increasing the value to clients. And like we indicated earlier, we focus on situational Social Security and I would ask those probing questions to get more money out of the Social Security system. We offer our classes three ways, live in person. We'd love to see you in Chicago, uh, Cincinnati, or Louisville sometime in 23, or attend a, one of our live webinars or our uh, on-demand videos. And the tuition includes really good support. You can call me or email me questions. You can access our monthly webinars and our open forums. To learn more, just go to our website, which is www.premiernssa.com. Send me an email, mkiner, K-I-N-E-R, at mypremierplan.com. Or give me a buzz. My direct line, 513-218-8505. I may be talking to a high-powered president when you call me. I might have to call you back. That does happen from time to time. Hmm. Or the vice president, which is Jim. When I when I mention I might be talking to a high-powered president, that just might be me. I might be talking to myself. So anyway, Jim, thank you so much for attending uh, this edition of Social Security Podcast. Any final comments you'd like to make? Yeah, just remember that Social Security, while it affects everybody, it's not everybody the same. Everybody's situation is different. Just because what's good for your neighbor doesn't mean it's good for you. And make sure that you make a plan and figure out what is best for you before you file that application. Thank you, Jim. This now ends this edition of the Social Security Podcast. Until next time, enjoy your day. Bye. Goodbye.